Hey guys, what's going on? This is Carlos, CEO of GAR Capital and your host of the GAR Capital official podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to me speak about the markets, economy, all that good stuff about your money. So again, thanks again for supporting the podcast, joining me. I don't do them very often since I've been doing the morning note every day. Uh, If you do want to watch that, it's at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel, GAR Capital, or one word, GAR Capital, if you want to just search that. Every business day, which is market open, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you join me live, I answer questions, look at the market, uh, go over the futures, go over pre-market movements, and what we're looking at for the day. Okay, so I'm doing this podcast as a revisiting of why we are bullish. So we can call it why we are bullish, why we are bullish 2.0 or why we are still bullish, and the hashtag stay bullish. I know everyone's been kind of asking about that. So I created that hashtag stay bullish on Instagram and on Twitter because of the fact that, hey, we're still bullish. And we've been on this bull train since the March lows, like we've been saying. 2300 was our buy level, buying uh, buying stocks, nibbling and buying on the way up. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and explain why we're still bullish who, why others are not bullish, what are some of the risk factors that could curtail this recovery, and uh, so on and so forth. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and kind of revise, go back to the Why We're Bullish podcast. That was on May 8th. Today is August 23rd, and again, that's about, what, three months before, four months ago, and we're still bullish. (laughs) We did tap an all-time high in the S&P. So just have a little context. Uh, context: The uh, May eighth, uh, twenty twenty, the S and P five hundred was at twenty nine thirty. If you've listened to that podcast and bought stocks, right now the S and P five hundred closed on Friday, thirty three ninety seven. So you're talking about a difference of about four hundred and forty S and P points just by listening to the podcast and basically taking our advice, which has been working pretty well. So. If you if you did and you've listened, congratulations, good for you. And if you didn't, well, I'm going to go and explain why that this rally is not over. We still have a lot more to go. And I'm going to give you my price target on what I'm expecting on the S&P. I'm just sticking to the S&P, not NASDAQ, not the Dow index or Russell 2000, just the S&P, the broad index. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and begin with what has changed from May 8th to now. So May 8th, again, we were still in the throes of the COVID virus. We're still going through it now. Now we have an election coming in November. We knew that ahead of time. And what a difference it's made. We've had some earnings reports. Apple crushed it. Google did well. Facebook crushed it. Um, Amazon crushed it. Really strong names that did very well. Big cap tech that moved the market. About 25% of the S&P now is about five stocks. And we know the names. We know it's Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook. Microsoft had a great quarter too. So again, these names are running the show, but for good reason. These guys make profit. They're gaining market share. Uh, Look at Amazon as a retailer, gaining market share from the smaller uh, retail stores. You know, basically the big retailers are running the show. Costco, Target, Walmart, all had great quarters. Amazon had a great quarter. I mean, these these big companies are running the show, guys. They're, They're doing, they're taking away market share from the small businesses. Now, you can call it Whatever you like, you could say it's unfair, this is a wealth transfer, but it's just the reality, and that's what it is. And Apple's doing amazing things as well. That's my largest position in my portfolio. And again, it tapped new all-time highs. 
on Friday at about $498.95 a share. What's changed? They're going to have a stock split. Stock split at the end of the month. Uh, so it'll be a four for one stock split. Tesla, part of the QQQ, not the S&P yet. Maybe they will. They just had their profitable quarter. They, they had a great quarter. Uh, the, the stock didn't move that much after the quarter of the report, but it did soar to new all-time highs of about $2,000. Uh, I think the closing price on Tesla, if I can get it in front of my screen here, Tesla, I had it here, mm, Tesla, uh, $2,049.98. Wow, that's pretty, pretty big. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was on May 8th, but we've been telling you that since the beginning of the year that Tesla is one of our top 10 stocks of 2020. So good news. Okay, so let's talk about the macro and why we're still bullish. We talked about the Fed. We talked about uh, our consumer demand still going up. And we were right. The Fed is still accommodative of the fiscal policy here. Uh, basically, they're maintaining a 0% interest policy through 2022, maintaining the current $120 billion a month asset purchase program, meaning uh, bonds, and they're still buying government bonds. Now they're buying, they're buying corporate bonds too. They're not stopping support until the Fed obtains two mandates, full employment and 2% core inflation. Inflation is creeping up slightly, yes. But when it comes to employment, we are far away. We're at 13.3% unemployment rate. So remember, we were at an all-time low just in February of about, I want to say 3.5%, maybe 3.4%. So we're about 10 points above that. So think about it. The Fed is saying, we're going to keep pumping cash. We're going to keep feeding liquidity to the market. And we're going to keep being accommodative until the unemployment goes down. So you're talking about 10 points until those lows, until those unemployment lows. That's a long ways to go. And now, again, we are pulling back from the highs of around 16% of unemployment. So, again, we had a nasty spike, sure. But, again, we're getting some positivity now. So that's a good, a very, very good sign. Uh, basically, the Fed is printing money. They're not going to change anything. And they're still using their emergency powers forcefully. Nothing is going to change there. Uh, the Fed has not said anything of the contrary to say they're not going to continue this to 2021, 2022. The next thing is consumer demand. Retail sales are up. Uh, people got their stimulus checks. They spent it. And a third thing is that homing, uh, housing sales are up. New homes, pending new home sales, pending new construction, home stocks. So if you have Home Depot, Lowe's, a DR Horton, a KB Homes, Sherwin-Williams, anything to do with homes, appliances like Whirlpool, those kind of names have been outperforming. So, for example, I took a position in DR Horton. I added my position on Home Depot due to the fact that they're growing. And again, that demand of getting away from the cities and moving to the suburbs is not something that's going to change. That's not going to change uh, right away, uh, you know, change the, the flip back to the city anytime soon, especially since the epicenter of most of the disease or most of the virus was in large cities, New York, Miami, Houston, uh, uh, LA, San Francisco, for example, those big Chicago, those big cities, cities got hit the hardest. So a lot of the people that lived in those cities actually moved away from the suburbs. I'm actually one of them. I actually moved away from downtown Miami to Rockledge, which is about two and a half hours north. So I'm one of those. So I did move away from the city to the suburbs. And granted, this was I decided to do this before COVID. But again, you imagine a lot of people are leaving those epicenter states or epicenter cities to move away to get into the suburbs. So again, boon for housing, boon. And remember, housing is a very strong part of the economy. A lot of people are not talking about this. Think about when you buy a home, you're going to go ahead and buy appliances. You're going to you're going to do di different things in the home. You're staying home, so you're going to work around the house. So those home improvement companies like Lowe's and Home Depot are 
amazing retailers that you want to get in. I've been saying it for a while now. Home Depot is Amazon proof. Until you can buy lumber on Amazon, I don't know, I don't know if you can, but power tools, sure. But a lot of the things that you need today that you need to get in your hand, lumber, gardening, tools uh, to do that weekend project in your house, in your new, new house with mortgage rates low, mind you, great things. That's Home Depot and Lowe's. You're not going to go to Amazon for that. You're not going to go to Walmart for that. They don't actually have that kind of brand. Maybe a Sam's Club or a Costco, but Home Depot and Lowe's are probably going to be your first bet. And speaking in the sense of seeing things, personally, uh, I've gone to Home Depot, I've gone to Lowe's, and they are packed to the gills on a weekend. So social distancing, be damned, people are shopping. So again, again, that's just you know, anecdotal. That's just me seeing it. I can't speak for the whole country. I can only speak for northern central Florida. But again, uh, I'm seeing it here. So you're seeing a mixture of housing demand, low rates, cheap money to be lent. This is not like 2008 where, you know, you had relatively higher rates, five, six, six percent for a 15 year, 30 year. And then they were just giving out loans to everybody. So imagine loan volume for mortgages are growing with the regulation that we had from 2008 and 2009. So again, those are good things. So you're not going to get a lot of subprime garbage mortgages. You're getting some people that may have missed payments or rent payments, sure, but there's moratoriums in different states, sure. But again, the buying of the stuff around the house, home improvement, that's a really good sign. Uh, uh, appliance sales, really good sign for like a Best Buy, for Whirlpool, Home Depot, Lowe's, like I said. Those are really good, a good, uh, what I say, perfect storm. So again, I am bullish on also home Home, uh, um, home builders, uh, appliances, those kind of retailers. You buy Lowe's or you buy Home Depot. I own Home Depot personally. I don't own some Lowe's yet, but I do own some DR Horton if that's worth anything to you. So that's the second pillar to me of this, of this economy here where people are saying, oh, you know, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. But housing is a big, clear thing. The first thing I talked about was the Fed. Again, they're still doing their thing, of course. We know that's not going to change to the minimum of 2022, guys. I mean, you have a whole year of this. You could say that's still bubble bursting, but still, it's still cheap money. And again, this third thing is economic data is pushing off the lows. Most economic data series are bouncing off the lows since April. Again, you're seeing a bouncing unemployment rate. Uh, again, the, the weekly unemployment report, we broke less than a million, which is a good, good sign. The Federation of Independent Businesses Optimism, a good reading. Uh, ISM Manufacturing. In addition to global basis, OECD countries reporting a positively monthly change spike to over 80% from the historically low levels last seen since the 2009 recession. This is according to Dwyer Strategy on, on his website. Uh, he, he runs Candy Court Ingenuity, so thank you for him and his data from Bloomberg. Small business optimism making a turn. Again, it's bouncing off the lows. We, had the, we hit a high of May 31, 2020 of 94.4, now around 93 so we were bouncing off the lows. Again, these are really, really good signs. The dollar being a little weakened. Again, that's a good sign for multinational companies, big corporations. Maybe not good for you and I when it comes to spending power, but again, in the macro sense, the big companies that do business overseas, maybe the stocks that you own, that's a really, really good thing. So those are your really three big pillars that you're seeing. And I can add a fourth. The one more pillar there is the fact that it's the only game in town Honestly, if you could think about it, there is so much money on the sidelines. So there was a Bloomberg report about, I believe, $1.1 trillion sitting in checking accounts that make no money, literally no money that is not invested yet. So again, the Fed, like I said in the last podcast regarding why we're bullish, is the fact that the Fed is almost inducing you 
to invest into the stock market or to other investments if you want to say real estate fine but again into other assets than a savings account you're not going to make money off bonds you're definitely not going to make money off a cd or a savings account again you do want to stay liquid you want to have some cash depending on your your uh, financial situation personal financial situation but thinking of it in a macro sense there's 1.1 trillion dollars sitting in dry powder that has not come into the market if there was not that much money out there, then all we would see is rotations like we had a couple of weeks ago. You know, moving away from growth, from like tech to value. Value stocks being your banks, your industrials, those kind of dividend paying. Those dividend paying stocks are not seeing a lot of growth. They're still paying, obviously. But if you think about it, those dividend companies that are paying, they don't have a lot of competition in regards to income generation. Bonds don't pay a lot. So if you're a company like a Walgreens or an AT&T, you don't have to pay a high dividend to attract this money because where else is that gonna go? Now, some companies that have been affected by this pandemic have cut their dividend, like for example, Disney, and some that have done very well, like an Altria tobacco company, have increased their dividend. So again, there's different companies. Uh, also, uh, I think Walgreens, Boots Alliance, has a solid dividend, nothing has changed. Johnson & Johnson has uh, also consistently stuck with their dividend and actually increased it. So again, you're seeing the, the value companies are still trying to fight for new capital too, but they're not going to go ahead and attract that the way the growth companies are, like your internet companies. That's what's really driving the market. What you're seeing here is a new bull market. And I've said it. The bull market, honestly, guys, started at 2300 We fell 37% off the highs to the 23, or I think it was 2197 in the S&P. 2300 was the start of the bull market. That was it. You started here. Now, we are up about 1,100 points off those lows. True. But again, we're about to break all-time highs. What we already did on the S&P. So again, now you're probably saying, okay, Carlos, how much legs does this thing got? Guys, what you're seeing here is a, genera- a transformation of the economy from slightly before of the internet. You know, you have the dot-com bubble, and we'll go and get to that in a second, to the financial bubble, if you want to call that too, or the sense of financial companies Financial institutions were making 25% of all profits in the S&P. Now, it's all tech. Keep in mind, when it comes to banks, what they were doing was honestly just pumping out loans in a system that no one was paying. It was just moving around money all around. Now, you have value generation from these tech companies. Facebook provides value through ads, uh, through clicks. Uh, For example, Google, the same. YouTube, they have other businesses. Amazon has multiple businesses. For example, Whole Foods, they have their store, online store, and they also have AWS, which is their cloud. Microsoft, they have Xbox, they have PC, they have cloud too as well. And then you have Apple, of course. Apple alone, and I went ahead and posted on Instagram, uh, big shout out to Tim Seymour and Fast Money who called this, but the services industry, the services company uh, of Apple, which is Apple services, cloud, music, all that, uh, movies. Again, that in itself is almost a trillion dollar company if you put a 15x multiple on it. So you're talking about Apple in itself. Amazon, with their cloud service, if they got spun off for any kind of uh, you know, antitrust or what have you, though that company would be probably worth 600 billion, 700 billion alone. Again, these companies are generating value of something almost tangible that other businesses want. And COVID created a perfect storm of demand where everything is on the cloud, the stay-at-home economy. So everything is now the internet of things. If this, if this happened, this kind of pandemic happened 20, 25 years ago, different story, different story. But the, now the internet 
the internet of things, the cloud has created this transfer of the old businesses, the industrials, the manufacturing to now, or even car companies too, to now tech. Tech is now the place to be because of the value added. This is why these companies get such a strong multiple because of the growth. You're going to stay home to provide, to do social distancing, to watch Roku, your Netflix, be online on Facebook. You're going to order stuff on Amazon on your iPhone while playing Xbox. It's just the reality of what it is. And what a better way as an, as an entry level investor who probably has some extra cash from not going out to a bar, not going out to eat and investing in companies that you like and you actually use. I've said this many times to individuals who wanted to start investing is that, oh, what stock should I buy? And I always say, always invest in companies that you use on a daily basis or companies that you know. Why do you do that? Because if the stock actually goes down, you're going to have at least a connection with the company as a customer and as a shareholder. If you're investing in ABC, whatever, uh, a penny stock, you don't know what the hell they do. You're going to be the first thing you're going to do is you're going to sell it once it falls. It's just the reality of, uh, of the psychology of owning a stock as an investor. So those are my four pillars. I'll go ahead and remind you the four pillars again. The Fed, right? Number one is the Fed. Another thing too is the COVID, the, the, I forgot this part, the COVID vaccine, it, it appears to be closer. We're also getting an announcement here from the president today at 530, I'm actually missing it, of a therapeutic using plasma. So again, I guess these companies are getting closer to a vaccine or some kind of form of help to individuals that have the, the, the virus. So again, American ingenuity, we've beat polio, we have beaten a lot of diseases now, lately we haven't, but again, this will pass too. The third thing again was the economic data. The fourth thing is housing, housing boom. That's a good, good thing. And then for me, fifth, and I've said it before, is this consumer demand uh, uh, holding in that man that the demand that's going to come out. It's ready to just burst out there and to spend money. Once we get the all clear, people are going to travel. People are, people are traveling now. People are going to theme parks now. So again, retail shopping. I've seen stores like Home Depot that is packed to the gills. I've seen the mall. Some people are at the mall, but mostly Lowe's and Home Depot I've seen. So again, people are still shopping and spending. I mean, according to the data from the uh, credit card um, credit card survey from J.P. Morgan Chase, people are spending money. It's not like they're not. They're not staying home and not doing anything. They're spending their money one way or another. So that's why I'm bullish. And you're seeing that secular move in for away from manufacturing, financials to now tech. Now let's go ahead and talk about uh, the next thing. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the other side of what people may be thinking. The bear case, if you want to call it that. And then I'll go ahead and conclude it of my price target. So the bear case. Why are people bears still? Why are people wanting to short the stock, the stock market? If you spend any time on Twitter or on Instagram, you'll probably see a lot of people saying it's a bubble, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. And they've been saying that now for months. And they got it right once when it fell uh, during the COVID thing. And if you were smart, you actually bought the dip like we did. And now they're just really upset. A lot of them are upset. And fine, I think a lot of the bearish that comes bearish mentality or bearish sentiment comes from the fact that they missed this huge rally. A lot of hedge funds, guys, did not buy these stocks at these low levels. They missed out on Apple at 180. They missed out on Microsoft at 90. I mean, imagine, uh, or I think it was at 110. Imagine a buying opportunity of a decade. And I said that on a, on, a, on YouTube on our investment uh, uh, seminar. It's a buying opportunity of a decade, and they missed out. So why not? push that narrative that it's a bubble to get stocks to go back down to get an opportunity to buy in. That's number one. Number two, a lot of people compare it to 99 as a dot-com bubble. 
Keep in mind, guys, those companies did not make nearly the amount of money that an Apple, Microsoft, a Facebook, or Netflix makes. Not even close. Those companies had ridiculous valuations on no, no income. None whatsoever. They weren't making anything. You were buying a dream. You were buying a dream. Now you're seeing the books. These, peop- these companies are making money hand over fist. And they're providing shareholder value. I mean, these companies like Excite and Lycos and all that stuff back then... They didn't provide anything the way an Apple and Microsoft does. So you can't compare Apple and a Microsoft to a Yahoo back then who had one business, which was what? Search engine. People say, oh, well, Google. Well, Google has ads, YouTube, a ton of other businesses. Uh, They also have Android. Again, they're a lot more diversified than just a search engine. Uh, You know, Amazon just more than just an online store. So again, you're seeing different things. Amazon is not Express. Amazon is not... uh, um, uh, a Grubhub, they have so much to offer and they're providing that shareholder value. That's the difference here, guys. It's nothing like 99. Keep in mind, in 99, rates were going up. Now rates are going down. What a difference. Money is cheaper now than it was then. Inflation was a little higher then. It is nowhere near those levels now. It's a complete different economy, completely. 2008, rates were higher. Rates are lower now and inflation was higher then. So again, different economy, different circumstance. That's why I believe in this bull market. A lot of the, the bad talk of a bear market and all that stuff, it's either one or two things. They miss out on the rally, or two, it's a political thing. It, it's just, it could be an anti-Trump thing. It could be an anti-capitalistic thing. It could be anything you want to call it. You'd be surprised a lot of the bias out there. But again, the facts are the facts. The market is growing, and it, you could miss out if you want. Now, do I say today the market is going to have one green arrow up to the moon? No. You're going to get pullbacks here and there. What's a pullback to you? I say 2%, 3% is a pullback. Nothing crazy. The max I would say we would get is a 10% pullback. 10%. What is a 10% pullback on the S&P today at 33.97? That would be 3300. 3300 would probably be your basic low. 10%. If we do hit 3300, I highly doubt that happens. I would say short-term fall would be 3,200 would be my support level. But for me, 3,000, if we hit 3,000 S&P again, I am buying hand over fist on the stocks that I want. Now, with that being said, you're going to get some pullbacks here and there, guys. The market it doesn't work that way. You just get one green arrow to the top of the moon. No, you're going to get a steadily incline. And in my opinion, this is my opinion, the next six or seven years, we're going to have a bull market, maybe eight. And my target for the next 12 months, and I've said it online, is 4,000, 4,000. I even said we we're gonna have all-time highs this year. We were right. I said we were gonna bounce off 30 to, uh, 2,300. We were right, we were right to, and we put our money where our mouth is, guys. We have been bullish, hashtag stay bullish. Again, you're gonna see once this COVID thing is licked, no matter who's president, no matter what tax code comes in, you're gonna get people to buy into the stock market onto good companies with strong balance sheets and to companies that are growing Big cap tech being one of them, housing being another. So again, you're seeing the data come in. We are turning the corner. Now the disease, again, more infection rate is down. The death rate is down. It may not sound great. It may not sound sexy. It may not make the front page news. Of course, the media likes to pump fear. It's just a reality. That's another conversation. But again, the stock market, whether it's fair or not to Main Street or the world, it's just a reality. If you're invested in the stock market, the economy does favor investors and small business owners for the most part. But this is just the world we live in. But again, 
I still say 4,000 within the next 12 months. That means 4,000 S&P 500 between today and August 23rd. And to me, that's a little conservative. I, I think we're going to get a little more. So you're talking about a 20% pop between now and then. And I think we get there. Even um, if, if we didn't, we get to 3,800, I still wouldn't be upset. But again, guys, this is a new bull market. It's starting. Um, we're getting there. The new all-time highs show you that. Another earnings report. If we get a strong holiday season, I think we even get a little further, and I think we get that extra push. Uh, depending the election, I think it's kind of irrelevant. Personally, doesn't matter who wins, um, Democrat or Republican. It's not a political podcast. I'm just telling you that facts are facts. This is what it is. If you want to get in, it's up to you. Obviously, don't go all in on anything. You know your investment strategy. Be smart, guys. Again, but don't be surprised as we move up continuously to 4,000 S&P 500. All right, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. This was why we are bullish or why we are still bullish 2.0 and uh, hashtag stay bullish. Thank you so much for joining me again. GARcapitalFX.com is the website. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Carlos Garcia, CEO, GAR Capital. Keep it locked for this and many great things to come. You can turn on our notifications for our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of your weekend. I'll catch you guys on Monday for the morning note. Cheers.